we got to talk, guys. We, we got to talk. Two straight nights. Pistons got embarrassed. We got to have a talk on today's episode of Lockdown Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com. Use our promo code NBA. Go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you go to your YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support this podcast. And I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day, even after some losses like they've had the last two nights, which have just straight up been. Not very good. It's 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 been really bad. They've lost by a combined fifty nine points over the last two nights. Both nights they got absolutely embarrassed, and they're not just losing; they're getting embarrassed. They're getting basically stunted on by the other team. They're basically being made fun of by the other team. They're basically getting laughed at by the other team. It's not good. Um, last uh, two nights ago, the Hornets literally were, looked like they were playing street. Yeah, Lamelo out there doing behind the back spin moves. Uh, he was basically out there clowning. Kelly Oubre blew a kiss at Kay Cunningham after a three. And then you had last night against the Grizzlies, John Morant was talking, excuse my language, shit the entire night. You could see it. That was actually one of those games I wish I was at because those are one of the things that you you will get to witness. Like when I was in my credentialed year back in 1920, I got to hear those little, little things being said on the court. It was one of my favorite parts about being credentialed. This game is probably one of the first games I've, I've felt since being credentialed that, man, I wish I still was because I wanted to hear that. Because you could see it just watching on TV. You could see John Morant actively talking shit to the Pistons almost every possession down, and there was nothing they could say back to him because no one was answering him. And he was literally – it looked like he was literally laughing at the Pistons. I'm not joking. Um, Dylan Brooks stunted on Kay Cunningham. He went at Cade and did his thing. He played tremendous defense on Cade. There was one possession that sticks out, and it was sad to see. It was in the fourth quarter. Cade had just missed a few shots, and it looked like Cade was basically like, damn it, man, I just I, I, I can't get it going. I, I Just get me out of here. It looked like he was just saying, please get me out of here. And they came down. Cade got the ball at the top of the key, and Dylan Brooks, no joke, stood straight up like 10 feet off of him at the free throw line, walked around underneath the screen that Cade was going around, and any other time, Kate's shooting that three instantly because you're disrespecting the hell out of him. But after the way Dylan Brooks was trying to punk him tonight, he basically just said, man, F it. Just, just please hurry up and get me out of here. He just walked around it, didn't take the shot, and just passed it off. He's like, just get me out. It's it's tough, man. It's tough right now. We're going to talk about everybody because they're, they're, everyone's not playing well. We had the few game stint with Sadiq Bey, Hamdou Diallo, where they played really well. Obviously, everything's a small sample size. We're not going to overreact to too many things, whether it's good, bad. But we, we do got to have a talk. For the first segment of this podcast, I have I have to have a talk with you guys. And I'm, I'm going to keep it a stack with you guys. And I've had some people, you know, say this to me, some of the listeners say, why, you know, the, the podcast is a little bit more negative than it was last year. What's going on there? Listen, guys, I, I, we, we just got to have a heart-to-heart with each other. Listen, last year when I took over this podcast, the Pistons were tanking. The Pistons were rebuilding. The Pistons were in the year one of the rebuild. They weren't trying to win. But I'm telling you guys this right now, 
And those of you who are objective and were through last season and this year so far, you guys will agree with this, and you guys will understand what I'm saying. Every single night after the Pistons games, I came in here to record. Whether they lost, won, whatever, I had enjoyment watching the game. I had fun watching them. There was something to talk about. Even in games where Sekou didn't play well, where Killian didn't play well, when someone didn't play well, there was always something. It was enjoyment to watch the games. You had fun watching them. There is something to talk about. There is something to be happy about, something to be positive about, something to be looking forward to seeing, something to take away from each game that give you some kind of hope. Just a better product on the floor in general with all those outside things I just named, something to look forward to next game. Like, okay, we he struggled doing this, but we saw glimpses of this, and this looked good, and I we really liked seeing this, and they played hard, and they did that, they did this. It was fun. Like, all those kind of things. That happened on a daily basis, nightly basis, I should say, last year with the Detroit Pistons. This season, and their average margin of victory tells this story as well, which is above nine points right now, which is horrific. It's not like that. It's it's not like that at all. The fans out there watching, those you guys listen to this, if you guys just take off, any of those of you guys who disagree, just take off your fan goggles for a second. Yes, this is a rebuild. This is year two of a rebuild. But help me understand this. In a year two of a rebuild, that have you having the number one overall pick, Kay Cunningham, who we all believe was the pick and has shown us at, at uh, for large stretches that he is the pick. He's had his downs, but we all still believe that Kay Cunningham was the guy and that he's going to be the guy for us. But tell me how, in a season where you are gifted the number one overall pick and get Kay Cunningham, all of us find ourselves staying like this after almost every game. Tell me how. How is that possible? At a certain point, we have to start looking at people. We got to start looking at Troy Weaver. We got to start looking at Dwayne Casey. We got to start looking at the players themselves. When Cade has games like this, we got to look at Cade. Because this wasn't just one of those games where Cade was just missing shots. Cade had a lack of effort from the start. I believe the, the Grizzlies' very first bucket came on him just ball watching and giving up an easy backdoor layup. That even Greg Helser on the broadcast had to call out. This is this is something that's been routinely happening with the Pistons this season. And I, I don't I, like I said, we're going to talk about the Grizzlies game and how bad it was in the last two nights, really. But I had to talk with you guys about this in the first segment because, man, this is not. Again, yes, they're rebuilding. Obviously, we're not expecting them to win games. I said before the season when all of everyone was saying, oh, maybe they can make a push in for the playing game. I said that it was likely they would finish like 14th, 13th in the East. So I, I know that they weren't supposed to win games. I'm not stupid. I know what I'm talking about. Well, but this was not how it was supposed to go. This was not how the team was supposed to look on a nightly basis. Now, and you can say, sure, they're missing some guys. But 59 points over two games is unacceptable. Before they were missing guys, it was unacceptable. Damn it. The crazy thing about it was, was when they didn't have their guys and they had a bunch of 10-day guys, they almost looked better. They looked like they gave more of a shit out there. Excuse my language, but I'm sorry. That's just what it is. When they had 10-day guy, 10 day guys out there, when they had G-leaguers out there, it looked like they were trying harder. It looked like there was a better product on the floor. It was more fun to watch. That game where Sadiq hit, a, hit that game winner was probably the funnest game of the year. Like... And it's not just these past two games. Yes, they beat the Bucs. That was a great night. Probably the best one of the season. But that's the rare one. And again, last season they were losing a ton of games. 
But each game was fun still. You saw things in each loss that made you believe. There was reasons why people after the first year of the rebuild were believers in this team. Yes, they lost a crap ton of games. But each game, there was something to pull away from and gave you reason to believe. Damn near 90% of the Pistons game this year is the exact opposite. It's, it's time to be honest about it. It is what it is. And that's why the podcast, and that's why I feel like me, Pistons fans, a lot of the community, has just been more negative this year because there's not nothing to be happy about. There's, there's nothing. The Pistons have Cade Cunningham and the general opinion and the general feeling amongst Pistons fans and everyone is sadness. Why? How is that possible? How? You got to start looking at Troy Reaver a little bit. You got to start looking at Dwayne Casey. You got to start looking at each one of the players. A move has to be made. And and I'll end it with this. A move has to be made for this reason, this reason only. Not to launch them into trying to be a contender or something or try to fight for the playoffs. That's not what it is. It's to put a better product on the damn floor. To try to get someone who will help these guys develop. To help put these guys in better positions. Because right now, each and every single one of them are not being put in good positions to develop. And each night, you you find us trying our hardest to find something to be happy about and try to take away from games. It was not like that last year. The team lost, yes. They lost many games, yes. But each game, you found something to be happy about, found something to be hopeful about and believe in. 90% of the games this year, obviously, we're taking away a few of them. 90% of the games... You have not felt like that at all. You've actually felt the complete opposite. And two straight nights of losing by 30 points, of not just not just losing, but being embarrassed over and over, basically being laughed at, the Grizzlies account tweeting at you, the Detroit self-defense guy, the trending on TikTok, all that stuff. Being embarrassed. Listen, and I, you know, I'll end it right here. The Orlando Magic are rebuilding. Do you see them getting stunted on, embarrassed, laughed at in their rebuilds? They're losing games. They're losing games by 10 points, 20 points. There's other rebuilding teams across the league who are losing games by 10, 20 points. They're being, the Pistons are the only one I see out there constantly being clowned on, laughed at, stunted on in games. Like, it's, this is not okay. I understand it's a rebuild, but this is not what they were asking for. This was not how it was supposed to go. They were going to lose probably 60 games, but not like this. Not like this. This is not how it's supposed to go. Not how it's supposed to go. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Memphis Grizzlies game and the game we saw against the Hornets as well. Talk about these two games and how, how disappointing these games were. Uh, but first, got to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you guys a little bit about Price Picks. Pistons fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Price Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out yet, you're missing out. I'm telling you, you are going to love this app for the NBA and mixed sports pickums. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. All of them. All of our users that deposit and use our promo code will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. You pick two to five players in the over and under on the projection. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Pipe picks allow mixed sports injuries as well. So now that the NFL season was over, but when it was still going, or there's one more week left, but when it was in the middle of its season, you could take the over on Jared Goff's yards and the under on Kay Cunningham's points in the same entry. 
user award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe, and it also offers fast withdrawals. So go to PricePix.com today and use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Shopify. Cha-ching! You hear that? It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So go to Shopify.com slash LockdownNBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash LockdownNBA right now. That's Shopify.com slash LockdownNBA. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. But yeah, guys, I, I get it. I get it, man. You know, we, we try to be positive. We want to find things to be happy about, find things to be hopeful about. But it's just you can't do that right now. I would be I would be not do I would not be doing my job. I would be disingenuous to you guys if I was coming on here and try to act like everything's all roses and rainbows. Because it's not. It's not right now. It's not. So I'm not, I'm not gonna that the first segment was me venting to you guys and having a heart to heart with you guys. I'm sure a lot of you guys and a lot of you guys have reached out to me and shared this sentiment. But just us having a conversation and getting it all out. You guys can go in the conversation down below. Let me know how you guys are feeling. Get it all out. Hey, man. In the conversation over on Twitter, in my mentions, safe space, man. You guys got to vent. Get it out there. Go ahead, man. I feel it. I, I know how it feels, man. I, I know it. But let's go ahead and talk about these games specifically. So, listen. There's, We've had tough conversations about just about anything. So far, you guys know what we're talking about. The segment, the tough conversations. We got to have a tough conversation about one of my favorite players on the team and someone I'm a big believer in. But I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be doing my job if I was sitting here and act like everything's all sunshine and rainbows with them. And that's Killian Hayes. So before I start this, I want to make this very clear. You got tweeted about this. And I, I forgot that as soon as I critique Killian Hayes, all the extremists that call him a bust and he's awful, all this stuff think I'm on their side and all of a sudden they start grouping me in and now my tweets being shared and, and threads so I had to support the fact that Killian sucks. So I just want to make it clear. I'm not on you guys' side who think like that. Don't don't think this is what that is. He's still only 52 games in his NBA career. I want to make this clear. He may turn out to be not an NBA player. He may turn out to be the NBA player. I think he can be a really good one. We don't know either one yet. 52 games is nowhere near the amount of sample size to even come close to understanding if he's going to hit either one. Again, I'm going to throw out a player out there, Kyle Lowry. No one thought Kyle Lowry was going to be what he was. He went hop from team to team until he blew up over in Toronto, and it took years for that. Now, hopefully that doesn't happen to Killian, and hopefully Killian can can become the player I think he is soon with the Pistons. But my overall point is relax. Don't think I'm Jordan in the, in the, in the Killian Hayes is a bus crowd. I'm nowhere near doing that. 
52 games in, only 27 games into this season. Wow, 27 games. If you, that, that, it, this league, this season is going by really slow, to be honest. But uh, yeah, he's. I'm not calling him a bust. I'm not that. I'm not to the point worried where I, I'm. I'm starting to think he's not going to be a good player. I still think he's going to be a good player in the league. I believe in that. However, it hasn't been good. And I'm just going to show you guys this right here. In the first 14 games of the season, before Killian ended up sitting out with his left thumb injury that he couldn't play through and was trying to play through, but couldn't do it. He was shooting 40% or not 40%, 39% from deep. Since this game, since those 14 games, in the 12 games that he's tried to play since returning from that thumb injury, he's shooting 23% from deep. It's a struggle right now for him. Last night, was probably one of his worst games of the season. May have been his worst game of the season. Now, I had to remind myself that just the night before against the Hornets, he was actually having a really good game. So before I came on here, I had to try to calm myself down. I know I was hyped up because of the game and was getting really, you know, emotional, whatever. But I had to bring myself back down and, and be fair and objective and, and do my job correctly and not use emotions and realize, okay, he had a bad game, but just last night he had a really good one. Overall, Killian isn't showing enough progress right now that you probably would like to see from him. The thing is towards the end of the game last night is when it's probably the most aggressive I've ever seen him in the Pistons Jersey. He basically towards the end of the game, when he got subbed back in, it was like a 30 point game. He basically said, screw it. The game's over. I'm gonna go out there and hunt for my own shot. I think he only made two of these shots and he made a three. And then he, I, I think he made a layup after he may not have even made a layup, uh, but he shot like five times and all of them were super aggressive shots. Uh, especially one he went coast to coast and tried to attempt to lay up at the rim. He missed it. But again, if he was that aggressive at all points, every single person in the community, everyone would be completely fine with him missing because they would like to see that aggressiveness from him and they know that he's trying to get better. It's been too inconsistent with that aggressiveness. And we've talked about on the podcast that, you know, some of that is how he's being used and, you know, it's getting waiver because of how much he stands in the corner. But a lot of that is also falling on him as well. He needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be more effective with the ball in his hands. He needs to shoot better from beyond the arc than he's doing right now. He needs to find ways to impact the game. Over the last 12 games, I feel like it's just been a little bit, you know, it hasn't been what we saw a little bit earlier in the season. Like there's that game against Toronto when he went, when he had probably his best game of his career, maybe. He had 13 points, 10 assists, and seven rebounds, damn near a triple double, three or four from deep. That game right there showed what he should be doing out there. He should be handling the ball a little bit more. He should be creating for guys. He should be aggressive, making shots, doing what he can do out there and doing it over and over again, not shying away and standing in the corner. And the thing with Killian is that you can almost instantly tell when he's going to have a bad game. If he misses the first few shots in the first quarter, you can almost guarantee he's not, probably not going to take another shot until the fourth quarter. And it can't be like that. 52 games into his – or 53 games now into his NBA career, he's not a bust. There's still hope out for him. He has an archetype that he's putting together – and he, he needs to improve, yes. But it, it's not happening at the rate I think a lot of people would, would want. It's definitely not looking the way I've wanted it to see or I've wanted to look at it over the last 12 games or so. I believe earlier in the season he was really showing something. It's still a long season. He can flip it around and, and get it going. It's very long season. He has a lot of games ahead of him. But it, it's been a struggle for him. He needs to impact the game more. He needs to try to find a way to contribute more offensively. He needs to continue to be aggressive. And he just needs to play better. He needs to play better. Uh, I, I don't want to overreact because, like I said, just the night before, he, he looked like he was having a really good game before he got yanked out because it was a blowout. But 
I'm close. There's a there's a take that I'm holding in my back pocket, and it, I kind of tweeted it already. I, I don't. I, I'm mad that I kind of released this tape because it's premature. That's why I was holding it in my back pocket. But since I tweeted, I'll go ahead and sh- tell you guys this on the podcast. The hot take that I'm not sure of yet. That's why it's in my back pocket again. But this hot take that I've been holding on to is Keelan may be a good player. It may turn out to be a good player. It's probably just not going to happen in Detroit. That's the hot take that I have that I'm, I'm building up on. I'm not there yet. It's way too early in his career. He's only 53 games into it. Way too early. I don't think the Pistons are going to make that type of decision on him to the end of next year, his third year. I think that's when they'll make that type of decision on him. So he has until then. So everyone that wants the, the Pistons to try to trade him for peanuts, I don't know what you guys think his value would be, uh, or think that his it's over for him. It's not. They're not going to make that type of decision, I think, until like his ne- last the end of next year. So you guys have to then, so you guys might as well hope that he develops uh, by then. But I'd be lying to you guys if I sat here and said it's, it's not looking good. Or it is looking good. I'd be lying to you guys if I said it is looking good. Because it's not right now. Again, first 12 games, he looked like he really did improve and he was looking a lot better. Then he had to deal with that left thumb injury. And, and we said this in the podcast before and then we'll end it here. That thumb injury may very well be still hampering him. It probably is. Does it, does it have something to do with how he's playing recently? Probably. It probably does. He just had COVID. Is that contributing a little bit to his effort or or, or uh, aggressiveness? Maybe. Those two things may be the truth. But he's not going to get that excuse anymore. He's not going to get that from fans. He's not going to get that from the community. And it may not be fair, but he has to find a way to get through it. He has to. It's not fair. It probably is not fair. But he's not going to get that excuse. He has to find a way to work through it, try a way, find a way to get through that and develop and play better. Because, like I said, he's not going to get that excuse. Whether it's fair or not, he has to try and make it happen. Uh, I believe he can. I'm still a big believer in him. I will continue to be a big believer in him. I like him. I think he has really good tools. And, like I said, I think he's shown multiple flashes throughout his career that show you what he can be. Uh, but I, I do think. And we'll talk about this later on in the podcast as well. He could be probably put in better situations, 100%. But he's also not making the best of the situations he's in. And that's not good at all. You need to make the best of your situation. And he's not doing that right now. So here's our tough conversation about Killian Hayes. I know uh, that's going to ramp up the comment section. And when we're going to hear, I'm going to see a lot of Killian's a bust. Uh, not there not there yet. It's 52 games into his career. It's crazy to call him a bust. Not saying he's going to be a success either, but to try to write out his NBA career already would be insane. Anyways, when we come back, we'll talk about everything else. Other players, Cade, Sadiq. We'll talk about Dwayne Casey a little bit, Troy Weaver a little bit in the final segment, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, but first, I got to tell you guys a little bit about one of our sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include a Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you want to eat it, unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. But like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate at? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever it's at. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. 
So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. From coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, it's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, hasn't been a good week for the Pistons. After being the Bucks, they've had two of their worst losses of the entire season. Straight up getting punked, embarrassed, not just losing or getting blown up. They're getting punked on the floor, getting embarrassed, laughed at, basically. It, it's bad. We talked about Keelan Hayes a little bit. We talked about how... The feeling of the season is just not the same each game compared to last year. And then there's other things to talk about as well. Dwayne Casey, it's not okay that your team's coming out like this. You have to take a lot of this blame. They just beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They're coming off beating the Milwaukee Bucks, going to Charlotte, get embarrassed, get stunted on, played off the floor. I want to put emphasis again on embarrassed on the floor. They didn't just lose. They got embarrassed by the Horners. They were stunted on them. You took out your starters and killing basically when I say the starters, you took out Killian and Cade with three minutes left in the third quarter. And basically threw the white flag at that point because you never brought any of them back after that. You didn't bring any of the starters back after that. The excuse that was given to Pistons fans and the excuse that you said was it's a back-to-back and there's some 10-day guys that we want to get a look at. But it's a back-to-back and we want to have them fresh for tomorrow. That's a BS excuse to me, but it's a, it's an excuse nonetheless. And it should theoretically mean that your team will come out the next day fresh and ready to go because you took them out of last night's game and gave them only 20, what was it, like 23 minutes of action with these guys. So then to last night's game comes against the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, coming off, you know, being fresh, not playing that many minutes being held out the entire fourth quarter in the third quarter because you want to keep them fresh for the for the next game. Make sure you're ready to go at opening tip-off. Nope, that didn't work. You had the exact same thing happen this game. The Memphis Grizzlies dropped 32 points in the first quarter. That's two consecutive first quarters where the Pistons have allowed 30-plus points. They were down 14 at the end of the first. They are down at one point, I believe, 18 points. What? What happened? I thought the whole point of sending those guys out was so you could come out today or last night and look better with fresher legs and more uh, focus on the game. What what happened? You 100% doing Casey get a blame for that. You are the coach. Your team needs to come prepared, especially when the reasoning for you sending them out the day before was to look better the day, the next day early in the game. And you look just as lackadaisical and just as bad coming out the gate. That you have, you take blame for that. Not to mention the fact there's multiple other things that you can criticize with Dwayne Casey at this point. And we're deep enough into the season where I can criticize Dwayne Casey a little bit. I'm not going to be scared to criticize him anymore uh, and, and hide behind hide behind anything because I'm trying to be in favor with people. That's not going to happen no more. Um, but you're not using – you can make a le- legitimate argument. And, again, let me say this first. The Pistons are not bad because Dwayne Casey. They would be bad either way. But the way they're looking, I don't think Dwayne Casey is helping them. I think he's causing some of that. 
they would still lose just as many games. They would still lose a lot of games with any other coach, but they would not be looking like this, I feel like, with a different coach possibly. This is this is what I'm going to hit to. Killian Hayes is not being used correctly. It just is what it is. Last season, Killian Hayes averaged close to six assists a game. He had the ball in his hands a lot. He was orchestrating pick and rolls. I feel like he was almost, you know, actually I won't go that far. I'll say it. He was orchestrating pick and rolls, and he was given a little bit more freedom last season to try to fight through, fight through some issues in his in his rookie season. This year, he's not being given that. He's just not. It's not happening. And he's being used primarily as an off-the-ball player. He's not being asked to do much at all. A guy who was built as a pick-and-roll guy and is supposed to be a playmaker hasn't been asked to use the ball nearly as much. And I get that you, you not signed. You drafted Kate Cunningham, so that means you're not going to see Kate with the, or Killing with the ball in his hands as much. But as as little as he has the ball is not okay. Taking it out of his hands a little bit, okay, you got to fit with Kate. They've done that. They've, they, I think they've done a decent job of that. But you, you're not using Killing to his strengths. You're not putting him in the best situation to succeed. He's not doing great in those situations either. He's not holding up his end of the bargain. I definitely don't think Dwayne Casey's holding up his end of the bargain either. Next issue, Sadiq Bey and Hamadou Diallo. They looked really good before these guys came back. And this game against the Memphis Grizzlies and the game before against the Charlotte Hornets with these guys, specifically Hamadou Diallo looks like he's not, he's not in the same groove. Now, obviously, he's not going to have the same usage as he did without those guys. That's completely obvious. But you should have, with how he was playing, it should be a point of emphasis to try get him involved a little bit more. Right now is exactly what you said was going to happen a few days ago when Dwayne Casey was quoted saying, now that these guys back, Hamadou Diallo will go back to his original role of just cutting and playing, making hustle plays, which makes no sense at all because he showed you over multiple game span that he's not just that. He's capable of bringing your team more and providing more. So again, his usage rate shouldn't be north of 30% like it was when these guys are out, but it shouldn't be as low as it is now. And he shouldn't be just relegated to simply making cuts or trying to do something off the ball. He's good at that, but he should also be given some freedom. Some, some, especially like the bench unit, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to calm down here. Cause I don't want to send the podcast too far, but I, you know, I, I'll probably end it with this with you missing so many guys in your bench unit, so many guys. And there's multiple times when the Pistons are out there trucking it out. With three guys on the on, on the court in their backcourt that are G League players or not NBA players. Why is Hamdu Diallo not running with them and just letting him initiate the offense? Or Sadiq, one of those two guys. Why aren't you just not what they were doing before? Why don't you give them that time with a bench that's depleted? I'm not even asking you to do this when Kelly Olynyk's there, Corey Joseph is there, Frank Jackson is there. I could get it. If that if you're saying you have too much to spread around, obviously. Okay, fair enough then. I guess I can't really argue with that. But when you got Justin Robinson, Saban Lee, Rodney Magruder, Trey Lyles, Luca Garza, Josh Jackson, only one guy in that, uh, that I named has been in the rotation all year, and that's Trey Lyles. Everyone else has either been out the rotation in the G League or isn't even really on the roster. They're on the 10-day. Why Hamidou Diallo and Sadiq Bey is not being given full reign of that bench unit to, to, to let them continue what they were doing beforehand blows my mind. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. You could, I, like, I, I don't know. These guys should be staggered. And when they are staggered out there, it shouldn't be just them. And, and this is another thing, too. And I, this is why I'll wrap it up with here. 
I don't know why I keep saying that because I usually don't do that. But when you do stagger them, just because you're staggering them, you still have to make it a point of emphasis to make sure they're the one running the show and they're the ones you're going through. If there's times where he, he'll stagger either like Killian or he'll stagger uh, Sadiq, but they won't be the focus. It'll be Justin Robinson running the show or Corey Joseph running the show or Josh Jackson running the show. And they're basically just out there soaking up minutes for no reason. It doesn't make any sense. So if you're not only do you one have to stagger them, but you also too need to make them a point of emphasis when you do stagger. Cause that, it doesn't make sense if you're not doing that. So there you go. I, I didn't really want to spend that long going at Dwayne Casey because there's other players that 100% meet, need just as much criticism as he does, if not probably more than Dwayne Casey. I didn't want to make this seem like a attack Dwayne Casey thing, uh, but I don't, I'm at 32 minutes. I'm sorry, guys, but let me just get this out real quick. Kay Cunningham shot five of 19. This was the first time I think this season where we we see Cade and he looks like he just wasn't interested in playing. That can't happen. That's not okay. He airballed a ton of shots tonight, which just isn't okay either. He didn't really try defensively. His performance tonight was unacceptable. You need to hold him accountable. He can't do that kind of thing as number one overall pick. That's just, you can't do that. That's unacceptable. And he needs to be much better than he was last night against the Grizzlies. That's not okay. He needs to bring it every night. And the fire that he had in that second quarter where he made, I believe, like four straight shots going at John Morant, that's the kind of fire he needs to have from the opening tip-off with a team like this because he doesn't have that talent around him where he can just sit back and let them do whatever. He needs to do something. He needs to have that fire in his in his eyes like he did in that second quarter all game. Next, Sadiq Bey. He can't keep having these two these highs and just, just these really lows. He was going to have no points in this game, no field goals made in this game, until Dwayne Casey brought him back in and let him score, I believe, with like two and a half minutes left in the game that was decided by like 30 points. Sadiq can't keep having these high highs and then these low, low lows. That's not okay. He has to find some way to be consistent. Uh, semi-consistent and contribute to the game. All these players shouldn't be should be ashamed of themselves, really. Every single one. Now, there's not a single player that should be happy with how they played over the last two nights. Not a single one. From players to the coach and then also to the GM, which we'll talk about at some point, either next week or the week after. This is this is a complete blunder from the top down. And this is not that's embarrassing. We'll end it there. That's where we'll end it. It's embarrassing. You can be a rebuilding team. You can lose a lot of games and not have it look how it did the last two nights. That should, one, never, ever be accepted, no matter what stage of a rebuild you're in. Last two nights have been embarrassing. You were stunted on. It's disrespectful to the jersey you're wearing. Can't happen. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't be accepted. and shouldn't be tolerated by anybody, no matter what stage of a rebuild you're in. That's all I've got for you guys today, man. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Kooky Hill, if you're listening to us on the podcast. Thank you again for making Lockdown, uh, Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day where you're free and available on every platform, but locked on bets is what I was going to say. Your second listen every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already head to our YouTube channel at locked on Pistons, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And we are having a mailbag episode tomorrow as a extra episode on Saturday because we didn't record on Tuesday because of technical issues with my PC and the account we record with. So uh, we're going to give you guys an extra episode on Saturday. Mailbag, if you have some questions, leave them down below or on Twitter at Kooky Hill. But until then, hopefully we have a little bit more of a fun time on the mailbag. I look forward to uh, answering you guys' questions. And until then, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody, and stay safe.